Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. I had the great honor of being with our guest, New York Times bestselling author Charles Todd, at luncheon with author B. Kazar and also with the president of Franklin Pierce University with Charles Todd. And he is a noted author. I'd just like to mention some of the books that he has written uh, with his mother. These are the Ian Rutledge Mysteries, and some of them are A Test of Wills, Wings of Fire, Search the Dark, Legacy of the Dead, Watchers of Time, A Fearsome Doubt. And uh, he also has authored with his mother the best Crawford Mysteries, two standalone novels, and he lives on the east coast of the United States, and I've just been reading No Shred of Evidence, which is a very interesting book, and we're honored to have with us today Charles Todd on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. Let's talk a little bit about why you chose uh, to write about this inspector and you've done um, 20 installments of the Ian Rutledge uh, series. Uh, why do you concentrate with these murder mysteries on Inspector Ian Rutledge? Well, first of all, it's a privilege to be here and have a chance to chat with you today. I, uh, when it comes to Ian Rutledge, when Caroline and I first started working with uh, Test of Wills, which was the first uh, Ian Rutledge mystery, we wanted to do a couple of things. First of all, we wanted someone who could portray what happened to England after the war. Mm -hmm. Everybody's familiar to a certain degree with what it was like during the war, but how England as a society coped with the, the impact of such a colossal loss of life. <clears throat> so we chose to portray that through a gentleman named Ian Rutledge. Ian Rutledge was a Scotland Yard inspector with who had worked his way up through the ranks but was university educated and had a promising career in front of him when he decided to join the army and go off and serve as a captain during the uh, eastern, well actually the western front in Belgium and France mm -hmm. for four long years and then uh, returned to his job at Scotland Yard. Tessa Wills was his first case back from surviving uh, the hardships of trench warfare and Inspector Rutledge we had felt had Scotland Yard inspectors in England and London specifically mm -hmm. had been done done extremely well by 
several great authors and we wanted to have a situation where Inspector Rutledge is sent out to <coughs> villages and towns throughout England thus giving us an opportunity to explore what it was like more in the rural uh, parts of England and how those people were coping with the results of the war and uh, coping with murder. One of the important things about that was Rutledge having served in the war could relate very closely to what people had gone through during the war and yet at the same time he has a problem. He has gone through a great deal of difficulty and during World War One they called it shell shock. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays we call it post-traumatic stress disorder. But uh, Rutledge was put in a situation when he was fighting World War One in the trenches where he had a young corporal who refused to lead the troops up over the top into no man's land ever again. He said, I've had it. I'm tired of leading young men up over the top, going into the machine guns and the barbed wire and coming back with only a handful alive. And Rolich explained to him that failing to follow a direct order, especially in combat, was a capital offense and that if Hamish persisted, he would be executed. Mm -hmm. Given an opportunity to think about it overnight, Hamish came back and said, I don't care. I'm not leading young men over the top, and if it means sacrificing my life, that's what I will do. And so Hamish was put before a firing squad by Rutledge, and executed, and Rutledge actually inflicted the coup de grace himself. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, Hamish actually doesn't haunt Rutledge. Hamish reflects the alter ego and the coping mechanism that Rutledge has come up with to try and resume his career with some level of sanity which is very difficult so Hamish is in many ways a voice that only Rutledge hears in his head that he talks with that is in many ways his kick his Watson if you will mm -hmm. because after World War One, sergeants didn't go out with inspectors the way you see in some of the uh, dramas on television uh, from later years. And it gave us an opportunity to get, even though we were writing it in third person, to give some view of Rutledge's frame of mind. And I guess the other important Part of that was we wanted a time period when forensics were in their infancy mm -hmm. because without forensics you really had the classical mystery the man versus the law 
or mm -hmm. the woman versus the law. And it is through Rutledge's knowledge and understanding of people and their interactions and their base mm -hmm. causes for taking certain actions that Rutledge is able to solve the crimes and there's no one in a white lab coat saying the DNA says this or it it's more of a psychological suspense and that was what we really liked they say that uh, war is a breakdown of international relations and murder is the breakdown of human relations let's talk a little bit about the gatekeeper and uh, this program uh, the air date on this program is January 13th but you have a very busy uh, schedule promoting this book uh, coming up in, in the coming weeks there will be events for the gatekeeper in Palm Ridge, Sanibel, Marco Island, Punta Gorda, North Palm Beach, Delray, Beach, Scottsdale, Arizona, Hudson, Ohio, all over the country. Um, let's uh, talk about this uh, book specifically. Um, what are you trying to communicate? What's your theme? And how much of this is based on reality? Well, as far as reality is concerned, uh, the way we approach a mystery is actually by going to the places that we're going to be writing about. Uh, in order to get a true sense of the culture and the people and the topography, you really have to go spend time in the area that you're going to be writing about and get some idea of the kind of people that inhabit this place because those people or some variant of those people uh, are going to play a pivotal role in your mystery and they need to have some real sense of being living people as opposed to cardboard cutouts that just walk across the page and so that is really where we start with and Sometimes there are things that we have picked up on in our lives that occasionally will work their way into a specific novel um, where we will take a combination of the characters we've met when we've gone on site and the people that we've known throughout our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of the smaller side stories uh, in the books that we write are things about people that we've known throughout our lives. Very good. We're learning a great deal from Charles Todd, the author of many uh, mystery novels. He's written these with his mother. We're taping this in Palm Beach, Florida and learning a great deal from this noted New York Times best-selling author. The new book, which will be coming out in a couple weeks, in three weeks, is The Gatekeeper. And this is a 20th installment of the acclaimed series by best-selling author Charles Todd about Scotland Yard's Ian Rutledge. As a witness to murder but personal torment preoccupies his mind. And this is uh, published 
by William Morrow, an imprint of HarperCollins Publishers. Our guest today, Charles Todd, New York Times best-selling author. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our recent shows with author Lawrence Lamer, people involved with the Challenger Learning Center, learning about space travel for young people, and Kaylee's kindness about young female cancer victims. Coming up, we'll have author Ron Zeller, Dr. David Brenneman, president of the Society of Four Arts in Palm Beach, Florida. If you're listening in northern Florida, Washington, Buffalo, or Toronto, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. With our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little more about uh, the gatekeeper. Uh, this is quoted by Publishers Weekly. As always, Todd Deepen their crafty whodunit with a moving exploration of their astute sleuth's inner torments and that's from Publishers Weekly Starred Review and in the gatekeeper William Morrow the milestone 20th installment of this celebrated series Ian Rutledge is tormented by a very present Hamish the Watson to his Sherlock the echo in his mind of a young soldier who was under his command during the Great War, whom he was forced to kill on a battlefield after refusing Rutledge's direct order. Again, this is The Gatekeeper by Charles Todd, published by William Morrow, available in a few weeks throughout the United States and Canada. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit, I'd like to mention in the uh, promo on this book, it says, On a deserted road late at night, Scotland Yard's Ian Rutledge encounters a frightened woman standing over a body, launching an inquiry that leads him into the lair of a stealthy killer. Let's talk about uh, this uh, part of your book, of this woman frightened over a body killer. Charles Todd. Well, Rutledge is out for a drive. His sister has just gotten married and it's a period of change in his life and Rutledge decides to leave London for a while and like many of us when you trying to drive and get thoughts out of your mind you really lose track of where you are precisely and as he's coming around a bend he sees a car stopped with a woman crouched over a man lying dead in the middle of the road and he's been shot one time right through the heart and they're dressed in evening wear they'd obviously been out somewhere and so the first instinct is to assume that uh, this young lady has something to do with the murder or knows something and yet when they search the car and all the way around the scene there's no handgun found there's no pistol or anything lying in the grass or anywhere nearby and uh, 
so they can't figure out if she did do it what did she do with the weapon she claims that uh, the gentleman who was driving the car was giving her a ride home from a party and they saw a gentleman standing in the middle of the road and they came to a stop and the driver got out and went up to speak to him they said a few words they didn't really she didn't really hear what they were talking about just very brief and the person pulled out a gun and shot him right through the heart and he fell and died right where he was and the mysterious person walked off into the fields and disappeared which is a kind of sketchy story to give to Scotland Yard inspector uh, but Rutledge feels that this is a case that he needs to be working with and he convinces the people at Scotland Yard to assign it to him after a little bit of difficulty and uh, so begins the chase uh, around this town in Wolf Pit, England and the driver of the, was the owner of a bookstore mm -hmm. and the only place in town where uh, they had a telephone. So Rutledge begins his search and not long afterwards somebody else dies in, very, in a very similar way and all of a sudden there's a major sense of urgency that there are more deaths coming possibly if they don't get to the bottom of it and Rutledge learns very quickly that the young lady really has no real information to give him about this mysterious person that was standing in the road and so he begins to delve into the life of the bookstore owner and tries to trace back exactly what happened and it's a very circuitous route but uh, Rutledge is dogged on it and with his conversations with Hamish uh, working through the different twists and turns that he's trying to follow um, Rutledge begins to close in on the case and I if I told you anymore you wouldn't buy the book okay yesterday is New York Times best-selling author Charles Todd author of the inspector Ian Rutledge mysteries the Bass Crawford mysteries and two standalone novels this is a mother-son writing team. They live on the East Coast. And the new book that's coming out in three weeks is The Gatekeeper, published by William Morrow, an imprint of Harbor Collins Publisher. Our guest, Charles Todd. A little plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. 
That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. And again, if you are listening in Montreal, Buffalo, Washington, or Northern Florida, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always read cards and letters from Canadian and European listeners. Now, I mentioned that this is a New York Times best-selling series about Ian Rutledge, Inspector with Scotland Yard. What is it like being on the New York Times best-selling list, and how do you get there, and what prestige does it give to your career? Charles Todd. Well, the New York Times best-selling list is based on reporting stores throughout the country that call in their sales figures to the New York Times and it's based on those sales reports that uh, the New York Times ranks. They actually have two. They have the fiction and the non-fiction. The extended list is 100. so you can actually be a New York Times best-selling author if you're in the top 100. Generally, uh, you have to be in the top 25 to get listed. Our highest ranking on the New York Times bestseller list is 13. We've been on there several times in the 13 to 16 range. Um, You know, it really goes back to where we all started. Uh, When Caroline and I first wrote Test of Wills, we sent it off to an editor at St. Martin's, mainly for a professional overview. We were expecting a rejection letter Mm -hmm. and maybe a few pointers or don't quit your day job or whatever. And uh, we sent it off to Ruth Cavan and uh, we didn't hear anything back for three months and quite frankly we sort of written it off but fortunately we'd gone on and written our the second book in the series Wings of Fire and all of a sudden one day out of the blue Ruth Cabin called up and asked if Testables was still available and could she buy it and at that point we'd have sold it for a penny <laughs> Just the thought of how many years ago was this, Charles? Uh, Testables came out in 1996, and uh, they purchased Testables, and it came out and uh, was New York Times Notable Book of the Year. Started review with PW um, and nominated for uh, a John Creasy Award and the Dagger in England. The uh, Edgar Awards, the Anthony Award at BoucherCon, and several others. Uh, and it was mind boggling. It was a, all of a sudden you're touring around the country and people are buying your books, and you've got this newfound group of people called fans that are really nice people. and seem to enjoy what you write and I think that's been the joy of it to see it succeed 
to us is more a tribute to Bess and Ian Rutledge uh, than it is for our personal satisfaction. It's nice to know that what you write is appreciated by readers. Now, are you looking to have this put into a television series or a movie? Sure, you know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we, we, we reach 17 states. Maybe there's some uh, producers for television and movie programs. There's. That's a slightly complicated process as far as optioning is concerned. Um, and when you have an entire body of work, all total, we've got 32 books in print. And so to sell one out of the series is kind of iffy, and there's a certain amount of uh, editorial control. For example, we wouldn't want to see Ian Rutledge transplanted to 1970s New York Police Department. <laughs> uh, so we have talked with some people uh, there's been some interest but mainly uh, when the when the right fit comes I'm sure we'd love to do it um, but for right now the main thing is is that we get all these wonderful emails from people all over the world um, I think the thing that amazes us the most is our number one foreign language translation is in German, and yet we're writing about World War Two, World War One. Um, and I think it's in many ways because of the way we look at war from the aftermath, and then with Bess being a combat field nurse during the war, it's more from the point of view of healing and taking care of the wounded and it's not quite as political. What's your next work? This is the 20th installment of the Inspector Ian Rutledge series, The Gatekeeper. What's next for Charles, Todd, and his mother? We have a book coming out in, in uh, September. It's the next installment in the Best Crawford series. Um, the working title right now is A Lonely Place. It's set in Wales. Um, as fans of best will know, the, the war came to a conclusion and now it's what's going on with Bess's life immediately after the war, but her nursing career continues and that has already been sent in to HarperCollins and is in the process of being printed. And so right now we're writing the manuscript for the next Rutledge that comes out in uh, February of 2019. Very good. We're learning a great deal from New York Times best-selling author Charles Todd. Coming out in three weeks is The Gatekeeper, 20th installment in the Ian Rutledge series. Special thanks to Danielle Bartlett with William Morrow for helping arrange this interview and Kevin Carr our director of production. Thank you for enlightening us, New York Times bestselling author Charles Todd. Have a great week.